From Vote Like a Girl, I'm Kim, here with Allie, and this is our podcast, Girl Talk Live. This episode, we're talking with four amazing women, Christina in Delaware, Molly and Kylie in PA, and Jody in Illinois. We wanted to get their thoughts on Tuesday night's first presidential debate. It was a fascinating discussion. Four strong women, and Allie and I, all very passionate about politics and the progress we desperately want for our country. And yes, a few debate takeaways too. So we're gonna sort of do this lightning round where we want you, all of you ladies, to share just one or two words what you thought of the debate last night. And we'll go ahead and start with um, Christina. Stressful. Uh, train wreck would be my <laughs> choice, I think. All right. How about Kylie? Frustrating. <laughs> Jody? Chaotic. Um, and I, many times belligerent. Yeah. Molly? The first word that came to mind when I was thinking about this was sad. Like there were moments watching that I was just sad. Like these are the issues that are being discussed, which some of them I thought, how are we debating this right now? How is there even a debate about this topic? Um, and also, of course, just just some of the behaviors. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. So. <laughs> Kim, what about you? My word was bottom, and that's probably not, I just, I watched it with my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter. This was her first experience with a presidential debate, um, and I just remember thinking, this is what she thinks they're like, you know, this, this is rock bottom, is to use two words, but I'm sure tomorrow it, it might get lower, so... <laughs> And I think for me, I think the word I would say is disappointing. I mean, I really thought this would be an opportunity for voters who were undecided to really compare and contrast candidates' platforms and their vision for uh, the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, and it, it just wasn't that. It was everything but that, and it just felt gross. But so for me, I would say the word is disappointing. So on that high note, uh, we thought we'd move into, um, just really talking about you guys. Um, is there an issue or an issue that's really motivating your vote this year? And Molly, we're coming to you first. You know, I, I went into the debate thinking, what am I expecting to hear about from this? And, and for the most part, they, in my opinion, they kept the topics pretty broad, which makes sense. Um, but honestly, I, I think I was so sort of anxious to even see the debate happen that I didn't focus on any specific issue. I didn't go into it thinking, okay, I really hope they talk about this. Honestly, it was, I hope that there can be a civil conversation. Right. And, and we saw that that wasn't exactly the case. So um, while there were there are several different topics that I'm passionate about and that I think need to be addressed and I mean are always part of you know my 
my political leanings, I think, regarding the debate specifically, I felt like I couldn't go into it focusing on any one issue. I think, I think the issue in, in, in and of itself was the debate. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay, Christina. Yeah, I mean, for the debate last night, I was kind of going into it expecting it to be another reality TV show in the world of America at this point. So to say that I had any positive expectations for it was right. not going to happen for me. Um, I just was feeling like my blood pressure was going to raise if I paid too much attention to it. So I was keeping like an ear and a half towards the TV. And then I was playing this stupid like bubble shooter game on the <laughs> phone so that I would stay a certain level of calm and not lose my mind. Um, but in terms of the election, I feel like at this point with how polarized the nation has really become, for me, the most important thing is human rights. And I find things like gay rights and, um, equality to be something that shouldn't be a question. It shouldn't have to be something that we have to vote on anymore. And until candidates can start putting human rights as a forefront, um, I don't see how I can support a lot of what's going on right now. Um, and for me, like you can't, you can't fix the economy for real until you fix human rights, until people are allowed to be people. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it just keeps coming back to that women's rights. Um, it just, it's like nothing can really be enough for me until people are treated well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I keep coming back in my mind to this quote that I've seen a couple times now. And it's like, I don't know how to tell you that you should care about other people. Was I the most thrilled about Biden? I really like Joe Biden. I know a lot of people are not crazy about him. Um, but I think he's the right direction and we need to, I heard another quote on NPR that was like, a man was saying, we can't look at the balcony when we have no stairs. We gotta, we gotta get up there somehow and this is what we've got. So let's get on board and stop. Right. And the divisiveness is so much in the way. Right. And he is the, obviously the only candidate of the two of them that is talking about it, but he's, it's been the forefront of his campaign from the beginning. So I would, I would agree completely. All right, Kylie, you're up next. Hello again. So um, being a middle school theater director in a rural school district and coming from a rural school district myself, you know, title one school, poorly funded, um, I've seen firsthand the effects of having different resources and opportunities and educa education levels based on your zip code. And that is something that I'm really passionate about because playing off the equality, you know, basic step one is having equal education opportunities for everybody, especially now during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, this current administration is putting students' lives, teachers' lives, administrators' lives at risk. And I really wish we could have heard more about not only the damage that Donald Trump's administration is doing to schools right now, but giving Joe Biden the opportunity to talk about what he has planned to make sure that teachers are safe, that they're paid a fair wage, 
right. and that students, you know, not only are safe in schools, but they have equal access. Um, you know, we're in the fourth week of school and some of my students, they just got laptops to work from and having a laptop is step one. Most of my students' parents, they have service jobs. Um, so they're not home and they don't have internet because they live on a farm in the middle of nowhere. So getting those basic resources to kids is really important. And that's something that I wish would have been highlighted a lot right. more last night. Such a tragedy because there is so many big issues and we got a clown show. Um, all right, Jody. Um, it's hard going last because I feel like everyone said some great things that I agree <laughs> with. So um, I just agree with um, the fact that we need to get back to, um, I know the word empathy has been thrown around a lot, but I really agree with it. I think that everyone should lead with empathy, um, especially with all of the different things that we have in our lives at this point in 2020 with internet, social media it just adds more elements to your day-to-day -day stress. So I feel like if people thought more about what other people are going through and thought more about, you know, fixing our systems or, you know, abolishing them and building them again, <laughs> whatever you believe in, whatever you think is going to work, but taking some steps toward, um, you know, like Christine said, like everything is connected, right? So, um, uh, human rights and giving people resources and equality, like um, even more even distribution of wealth and all of, and just having access to things is, is huge. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people in these power positions know what a lot of the answers are. They just refuse to give up their power and share. And um, we're just perpetuating this whole notion that we should just be individuals and be out for ourselves and just continue to hustle and you know so without going on too far down the rabbit hole there i just really wanted to see more standing up for the people um and the people's interests and you know um making everyone's lives better and easier and you know giving more access to things and i knew that wasn't going to happen right. um i also agree with Molly that it's more the debate was the issue. Like I knew that it was just, I'm watching this in order to just see it and not really the substance of it because I just knew that wasn't going to happen. But I think we were all just taken aback by how far off the rails it went. It was right. crazy because I was watching CNN and even the commentators afterward were just like, there was, they, I heard shit show thrown over like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I know I'm on, you know, I'm allowed to say this, but I'm not trying to be crude, but it wasn't just a dumpster fire. It was a shit show. <laughs> it was. So, yeah. So I'd say I'd love to see more about actual humans and what we're going through and how to level the playing field more. But I just know that's not going to happen. And especially with this administration, um, someone that grew up um, with a silver spoon and has no idea, has always taken advantage of people and always purpose fully conned and hurt people, we're not going to get that. <laughs> Is there anything that really speaks to you? Like, I am definitely showing up at the polls because of this issue or this issue. Um, and we can go yeah. ahead and start with, we'll start with Jody since she went last. <laughs> since I was just going to keep talking. Um, <laughs> no, I, it goes back to the same thing. Just 
working toward equality um, for all, for all the people in this country. And the, the hard part with that is it's connected to everything. So right. um, that's the main thing. And it's- And then you say that too, the people in power don't want to. Right, so, but we have to- debating <laughs> and controlling Congress and- yeah. Right, so um, going back to an earlier thing that was said is, you know, at least voting for the person that you can hold accountable that might work towards that um, mm -hmm. and that you can have a conversation with and try to push that forward. So just, mm -hmm. you know, one person will, hopefully will, and one definitely is not. Thank you. All right, how about um, Molly? So in my, in my current role, I work with um, families who are in crisis, so low income, um, a lack of resources is why I'm working with them. And I, I wish that I could say it's this one issue that's really pushing me to vote and be engaged. But truthfully, it's so many things. It's, uh, again, like, like Jody and I think so many of us feel equality, basic human rights. Again, it's 2020, which a crazy year. But I don't think we should be debating this. Um, it, but even access to affordable quality childcare, um, you know, a, a access to a decent wage, access to transportation, you know, decent public transportation for those who aren't privileged enough to have their own vehicle. I mean, there are so many, so many aspects of people's life that, that intermingle that, you know, yes, you may have this, but you don't have this, or it, it's just, so I do, I, I wish that I could pinpoint the one thing that was really driving me there. I could say, you know, women's rights. Well, okay, but, you know, so, uh, according to our current political standpoint, that doesn't, that, or that the current political climate, that might not mean all women. So it's, it's difficult to pinpoint one. Um, and I, I would just say, again, basic human rights. And I think that there should not be a debate about what those are, so. Thank you. All right, Christina. Yeah, I'm really glad. I know only our audio is going to be used, but I'm glad to be able to see you all, but I'm sorry I can't stop nodding my head along with you as you talk, because I, I really love hearing from you guys. It's awesome. Um, but again, like I said, I just, once you start pulling at one thread, they all kind of start to unravel. And, you know, all the things that are really important to me all, again, come back to like Jody and Molly said, if everyone's can actually truly be equal, these things start to work themselves out. So, you know, healthcare is very important to me. Everybody should have affordable access to healthcare. And I work for a hospital right now, and it is scary, some of the things I see. I mean, it really makes you like, it's just crazy what has to happen in order to make someone healthy. Um, and I really like, I really like the transition. A lot of places are trying to be where they're going towards like you're well. Uh, we're not trying to make you healthy. You are well. We don't like you're coming to us for continuity of care, but you're not super sick because you never get to the point where you get super sick because you have a physical once a year, you have access to a primary care provider where you're not afraid that the bill you're going to get in the mail six months later is going to make you have to take out another mortgage or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, it's just really hard to focus down on one because I really do believe they're all connected. Um, and for me, that's just the thing that keeps me going and also makes me lose sleep at night. Cause it's like, how do you fix any of them? If no one's willing, like you can't just work on one thing in isolation. You really got to be on board with making life better for everyone. Or where does that leave us? Again, more people at the top and then it slowly, there's always going to be those at the bottom that can't get their fair share because other people are hogging it for lack of a better word. Right. Thank you. All right, Kylie. Yeah, so piggybacking off of everybody else, I think we all have a set of, you know, laundry list of issues that we care about the most. Um, we wouldn't be here if we didn't care about everything, <laughs> um, you know, but specifically for this election, I, you know, decency is on the ballot and we can't improve policy unless we have someone who is a decent human being and actually cares. And that should be just the lowest bar that anyone ever has to reach. But we're at the point right now where one candidate is and one isn't. And it's, it's really important to know that if Joe Biden wasn't your first choice, he certainly wasn't my first, second, third, but not voting is not the power move that you think it is. Right. Because even though you might not want to vote because you don't really like either candidate, but think of your neighbor, think of people of color, think of the LGBTQIA plus community, think of marginalized communities, think of people with low socioeconomic status. They don't have the privilege to be able to not care about an election because every election has consequences and more so for the folks in those categories that I just named. And that's really my big thing this year is holding the line for all of those, all of those folks. Oh, I love that. I totally agree. And I, and that's where I land too. There are so many things that I want to happen and I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but my mother was also my high school civics teacher. And the complete dysfunction and um, the fact, I mean, that the government is not working anymore. There's no debate. There's no deliberation. There's no real hearings with, you know, they're not examining the issues. They're not trying to come up with solutions. They're just trying to get reelected. And I, I think and I hope that this election will be a referendum on all of that because there will be more voices going to the polls and saying, okay, enough, get back to work. Um, so yeah, I think for, for me, that single issue is who is going to unify this country enough so that we can stop with all the partisan bickering and actually get some work done um, and move forward on all these issues that are so important, better funded education and, um, yeah, women, come on. Why are we still talking about women's rights and reproductive freedoms? Get out of the way. You know, all these things, um, basic equality, income equity. I hear you. Yes, I'm with you all. And I feel like I need a new t-shirt for this. <laughs> hear us roar. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So next, we, I feel like we may all lean in the same direction on this one, but I'm going to throw it out there because, again, we, we created these before we'd seen the debate. But we, were, we wanted to ask if there was one moment that stood out for you most during the debate. 
the debate and why. And Molly, I'm coming to you first again. So uh, there were there were quite a few, um, but one um, for some reason that really bothered me, and I think it really showcased where we're at as a country, is when um, Joe Biden's son was brought up um, and his struggles with addiction. Mm -hmm. And that to me was just like, I don't know if I went just full mama bear or something, <laughs> but I was thinking like, how did Joe Biden not, not throw hands? I don't know. I just, th that was, that was something for me that, I mean, politics has become so, so dirty. And I, I think that, again, we're sitting here talking about you know, how it's very hard to comprehend how other people can support the current administration. I think that seems to be where we're all at. Um, but I also, you know, have been struggling with, okay, I, I, I'm talking to people about, you know, these issues and, and the debate itself. And, you know, I, my husband is a Republican. Um, so that's, that makes for a very interesting marriage. Um, challenging. Yes. Challenging, <laughs> but very rewarding because truthfully, truthfully, I, I, it's been so good to be able to understand other people's perspectives on this and not just say, I don't agree with you. And so I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Like, and it's, and it's difficult because you think I shouldn't have to be having a discussion about basic human rights. Not that my husband, that's not that that's his issue, but, <laughs> but it, so on one hand, I feel like a lot of people are saying I'm done. I'm, I'm not talking to this person anymore. It's ridiculous. We don't agree. And I'm like, please talk to them, maybe educate them. You know, you don't have to agree with what they're saying, but at least have the discussion. So we're going to sort of do this lightning round where we want you, all of you ladies to share just one or two words, what you thought of the debate last night. And we'll go ahead and start with um, Christina. Stressful. Uh, train wreck would be my <laughs> choice, I think. All right. How about Kylie? Frustrating. <laughs> Judy? Chaotic. Um, and it, many times belligerent. Yeah. Molly? The first word that came to mind when I was thinking about this was sad. Like there were moments watching that I was just sad. Like these are the issues that are being discussed, which some of them I thought, how are we debating this right now? How is there even a debate about this topic? Um, and also, of course, just just some of the behaviors. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. So. <laughs> Kim, what about you? My word was bottom, and that's probably not, I just, I watched it with my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter. This was her first experience with a presidential debate, um, and I just remember thinking, this is what she thinks they're like, you know, this, this is rock bottom, is to use two words, but I'm sure tomorrow it, it might get lower, so... <laughs> And I think for me, I think the word I would say is disappointing. I mean, I really thought this would be an opportunity for voters who are undecided 
to really compare and contrast candidates' platforms and their vision for uh, the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, and it, it just wasn't that. It was everything but that, and it just felt gross. But so for me, I would say the word is disappointing. So on that high note, <laughs> uh, we thought we'd move into um, just really talking about you guys. Um, is there an issue or an issue that's really motivating your vote this year? And Molly, we're coming to you first. You know, I, I went into the debate thinking, what am I expecting to hear about from this? And, and for the most part, they, in my opinion, they kept the topics pretty broad, which makes sense. Um, but honestly, I, I think I was so sort of anxious to even see the debate happen that I didn't focus on any specific issue. I didn't go into it thinking, okay, I really hope they talk about this. Honestly, it was, I hope that there can be a civil conversation. Right. And, and we saw that that wasn't exactly the case. So um, while there were, there are several different topics that I'm passionate about and that I think need to be addressed and I mean are always part of you know my my political leanings I think regarding the debate specifically I felt like I couldn't go into it focusing on any one issue I think I think the issue in in, in and of itself was the debate so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and okay Christina yeah, I mean, for the debate last night, I was kind of going into it expecting it to be another reality TV show in the world of America at this point. So mm -hmm. to say that I had any positive expectations for it was right. not going to happen for me. Um, I just was feeling like my blood pressure was going to raise if I paid too much attention to it. So I was keeping like an ear and a half towards the TV. And then I was playing this stupid like bubble shooter game on the <laughs> phone so that I would stay a certain level of calm and not lose my mind. Um, but in terms of the election, I feel like at this point with how polarized the nation has really become, for me, the most important thing is human rights. And I find things like gay rights and, um, equality to be something that shouldn't be a question. It shouldn't have to be something that we have to vote on anymore. And until candidates can start putting human rights as a forefront, um, I don't see how I can support a lot of what's going on right now. Um, and for me, like you can't, you can't fix the economy for real until you fix human rights, until people are allowed to be people. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it just keeps coming back to that women's rights. Um, it just, it's like nothing can really be enough for me until people are treated well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I keep coming back in my mind to this quote that I've seen a couple times now. And it's like, I don't know how to tell you that you should care about other people. Yes. And so I think to go back to the moment during the debate that really struck me was was going after family. And that was something that every Republican, for the most part that I encounter just in my everyday life was like, whoa, okay, that, eh. 
like that didn't strike well. And so that for me was, was a, a defining moment in the debate. Yeah. Yeah, especially at a time when we know that there's more and more people suffering from addiction and to not acknowledge, number one, a successful uh, recovery for Joe Biden's son and then completely ignoring the death of his other son. It, it was, it was. But I think for anybody that works in mental health or has that connection to mental health, it's it speaks to a whole different issue of... Horrifying. <laughs> it was horrifying. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, Jody, your one moment that stood out. Yeah. Um, so I watched it with my husband who, um, I'm proud to have gotten into politics. Um, he had never voted before we started dating. Um, and I've, uh, he, he, he gives me shit sometimes because of my views, how I guess to one side that they are. <laughs> Um, and he's like, no extremes are good, you know, whatever. So, but he's come around on a lot of things. So, but we were sitting and watching it together and, um, it even, you know, stuck out to him. And this has been talked about a lot is just that, um, you know, Trump didn't denounce white supremacy. Um, we heard the, the phrase that he said, and it stuck to, out to us, you, you know, immediately, um, stand back, stand by, um, the Proud Boys. Um, I think a lot of the country watching might not have even known who that was, actually. Um, and I agree, we have to have these conversations because I, again, growing up in rural Pennsylvania, there's just a lot of ignorance. And, you know, a lot of people get mad at that and say, like, how can you not know things? And it's not that simple. Um, not everyone has the same people around them. Not everyone has access to things. You can't just write people off. And I think or even the luxury to pay attention. Right. Some people and, are just working their tails off. Yeah, you're yeah. working multiple jobs. Um, maybe you don't have internet, blah, blah, blah. There's so many things. But I think that that's why we are where we are a little bit is because, you know, um, a lot of people see in Trump that um, you don't have to go to an Ivy League school. You can say whatever you want to say. And a lot of them don't necessarily think that, you know, those thoughts are what they're saying are racist or whatever else. Um, mm -hmm. My husband's been talking with his mom at length for the past few days, trying to explain to her, <laughs> you know, about things that are going on, about protests and why they're happening and, you know, who's being violent and who's being the agitators and that sort of thing. But going back, that's the part that stood out to me because he also could have said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that um, mm -hmm. and corrected himself. Um, but he didn't. Um, and he's had multiple chances to denounce things and, uh, you know, take himself out of empowering those types of people. And every time he has leaned into it. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge problem. And um, it's, it's one of the biggest things on people's minds and mouths and in the media uh, this year. And he's just leaning harder and harder into it. Right. So um, right. that you know, strikes a chord and it just stood out to me. I hear you. Christina, what was your moment? Um, well, Molly and Jody definitely stole some of mine, I would say. <laughs> um, just to piggyback on what Molly said. So I volunteer with a nonprofit outside of my regular job and we promote trail runs and 
cycling rides, um, primarily just to donate money back to the community. And one I've been fortunate to work with is um, a trail run that benefits Bo Biden's foundation um, that was made in his name for the protection of children. Um, so I've met Joe at those events and honestly, like he's just such a human being. I mean, like to meet that man and he was on the phone with someone's mom and it was just amazing. So really that hit home for me. Cause it's like, I've worked very tirelessly on something involving Bo and not that I knew Bo or can claim that his death, like impacted me to my core when it happened. Cause I was pretty young to still just completely go over it and go straight to Hunter and his issues that he's clearly worked on um, was just really, that was like, whoa, I was not expecting him to be that terrible. Mm -hmm. um, but to do a not repetitive one, I would say, um, I saw something online today about how quickly the conversation about the protests and of course the riots came up, devolved into a conversation about law and order. Law and order. And it's like this is why the people were in the street. Right. Can we have a conversation about black lives without having to demote to a law and order conversation? And let's be clear, like the protesters are out there doing the only thing they have left to do. Right. Like I don't know what else to tell you. Um, so for that conversation to have just I mean, they all went off the rails, but that one was just like it just happened so fast. I'm like, they just couldn't help themselves to let this. And I, you know, I wish Joe had taken a little bit of a stronger stance on that because people are looking for him to say it's wrong. And he'll say white supremacy is wrong. Trump won't do that. Joe Biden will say it, but it needs to go further than that because we need to give, we need to give the movement a little bit of credit because the, the violence and the, the destruction has been such a small percentage and it's probably mostly not even really tied to the actual movement. Right. Um, so that, that part of the debate definitely was troubling for me and kind of has been holding in my mind for a bit. Yeah, I love that. I Can agree. I just add something to that? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love what you just said. Um, so I did stand up and kind of like cheer for a second when Biden did actually say Antifa is an ideology it's not agreed it's not a terrorist organization or whatever i actually like threw something and like cheered <laughs> i was like thank you for actually taking a stance i know that it it flew past really quickly but i was glad that he like stood for that and said it out loud. Well. sorry mm -hmm. just had to no, i agree at least there was I, that <laughs> i was surprised that he did say that because i know that antifa is something that i think trump has really latched onto his base with um so in parts of me are like, I understand why Joe has to be sort of on the, the seesaw and be careful because we're trying to pull some of Trump's face over because that's the goal at this point. We don't, we don't need to like make everybody separate even more. But I mean, yeah, so it's like I want him to stand up, but I also need him to stay calm and collected. <laughs> right. So right. Um, definitely that constant battle in my mind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So oh, sorry, I just have one thing to share because this is like, I, I, I can only nod and like snap my fingers so much while people are talking. Same. <laughs> but also, I just needed to say that it, at, at so many instances during the debate, Joe Biden may have said a stance on something and I couldn't hear it because someone else was talking. Okay, I'll right. say that. Thanks. Yeah.
Yeah. So true. Kylie, I don't think we heard from you yet, right? Yeah, she's patiently waiting. <laughs> I love this. I love the gift. Let's go. <laughs> um, I I will. So there are there were two defining moments that stuck out for me. One um, from just like a personal standpoint, and the second was just um, mere like facts and misinformation, which can be dangerous, especially when it comes to voting. Um, so when our current president talked about mail-in ballots and how um, yes. people are getting multiple ballots, you're not, especially <laughs> in a state where Pennsylvania, this is our first general election where you can have a no excuse mail-in ballot. Um, we've had about Philadelphia ballots. specifically too. Didn't mm -hmm. you? Yeah. We've had absentee ballots for years, but you're not getting, you're not getting a ballot. It's an application for a ballot anyone can print out an application and send it to anybody. Um, and spreading that narrative of mass voter fraud, it, you know, it disenfranchises voters and that's not something that we need right now or ever. But that just made me angry because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't fact check that or even listen right. to fact checkers. Um, they just believe everything that comes out of his mouth. And that infuriated me, uh, you know, because someone is willing to just spread constant lies about something so simple, um, you know. So integral to our democracy. So critical. Yes, and, and, yeah. and, everyone, and he's the president. <laughs> yes, and everyone should have the right to vote. And, you know, saying that mail-in ballot is this big fraud, which historically we all know it's not. Science tells us, data tells us that it's not. And that really bothered me that that's just been a theme for his whole entire administration, his, you know, cabinet, his campaign, the way he operates his life is based on lies and misinformation. And it's very dangerous when you're in a position like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's unacceptable, truly, to come from, you know, a person that doesn't respect the, the office that he's in. And it's frustrating, for and sure. it's definitely um, frustrating coming from a man that votes by mail. Yes, yes, correct. And not to mention, he like, to add to the laundry list of things that you mentioned that he does, he also games the system. So now when he's in charge of making the system change or flow or anything it's like oh god what else is he doing in the background that we don't mm -hmm. know i'm like is the whole world a house of cards episode we'll never know <laughs> so when he he brought up hunter biden and his issues with addiction um i was raised by my grandparents because my parents um you know were affected by the opioid epidemic that's still happening and so for him to go after someone to call them less to call them um, you know, not worthy of anything that resonates with a lot of people who not only are addicted to opioids, but have loved one or have parents right. or have been personally been affected by that. And that's just another prime example of he actually doesn't care about anybody no. but himself. And that was just a really strong point that hit me. And I know that it hit a lot of other people that you know grew up in the same situation that I did. Right, and the authenticity of, of Joe Biden's response, you could see it in his face, in his body, um, in his posture, it just, I, I think it was a very high point for him, not that that's what he was going for, um, and, and very telling of, of the other candidate as well. Um, 
that was so amazing. You guys are so great that, yes. Um, I think for me, the, the, they, there were so many horrible moments, um, but what terrified me the most, I've always known he was, um, I'm just gonna say it, I've always known he was a racist, but I, um, and I've always known that he would do anything to win, but to watch the president of this country attack the integrity of our election process like that and actually encourage people to poll watch. And um, it just was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Um, and I'm sad. I'm sad for the youth to have to see this. I'm sad for kids that have grown up and think this is normal. Um, and so, yeah, I concur with everything you guys said. It was just, ugh. You kind of wonder why we decided to talk about it again. <laughs> Put ourselves through it again. <laughs> I, I feel like it's therapy. Like I, I watched the debate because it's kind of like working through the trauma in real time, you know, like, yeah, so that it doesn't continue for me. Like I can kind of like deal with it at the time and kind of like work through it. And this is part of that process. There we go. Well, and then I can move on to the next uh, horrible thing. <laughs> right. Wow. Right? What a great conversation. Informed, impassioned women, each bringing their own life experience to the discussion. Not talking points, but real experience and real suggestions on how government could work to make a difference in people's lives. We knew we couldn't let this group of strong female voices go without asking them to weigh in on the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We wanted to know how it had impacted them and what their thoughts were about the current rush to fill her seat. Uh, yeah, so um, the, the news of her death, it, I was truly distraught because first of all, I thought that it wasn't true. Um, we've had a couple of media scares the past couple of years. And so I truly thought it was another one of those. But, um, you know, once the New York Times like notification popped up on my phone, I knew that it was true and my heart just sunk. Um, and not only because that gives Donald Trump the power to nominate another justice, it's because our system is where, is in a place that it is, that our entire democracy and our rights, especially as women, to have access to appropriate healthcare when we need it, rested on the shoulders of that one woman. And for someone who is so great and loving and smart and hardworking and opened so many doors for all of us sitting here today. She had to pass away with that weight on her shoulders, knowing yeah. that everything that she has worked for, that we have worked for, that women before us have worked for is in jeopardy. And the way that the Senate Republicans and Mitch McConnell are operating right now is disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, her family can't even grieve appropriately. Snap and Molly. <laughs> her family can't even. Just hand gestures everywhere. <laughs> it's, 
it's it's truly disgusting and i you know like i i said at the beginning our government works for the most part and i like to have people believe in our government again but when specifically mitch mcconnell operates in this way i cannot let that go um you know donald trump's nominee she literally wrote a paper saying that she cannot separate her judgments from her catholic faith i grew up catholic i went to a catholic college you know i was a eucharistic minister and altar server and all of that but we have to operate in a way that you know separation of church and state is right. there for a reason and it's it's frustrating and disgusting at this is how you know we have to navigate around her death when really it should be a celebration of her life and her accomplishments and it's we don't have the opportunity to do that right oh, perfect beautiful yeah all right molly how about you um yeah so as soon as this question was asked, I knew it was being asked, but I, I, as soon as it was posed, my heart just sank again. I just could feel like a weight. And, and so I, I'm not a crier, but I cried hearing, hearing this news. And I just thought I, I couldn't speak. It was just, even, even my husband who, again, not, not very into politics, just sort of walked down the stairs and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I had people, I mean, my mother-in-law, my mom, my friends, um, basically saying, are you okay? Just because she has been such, such, such an influence for m me, but also, I mean, so many women. And um, yeah, so I, I just think also she's a symbol of that decency that we have been talking about. And even, even for me, her relationship um, you know, with being able to work with people on, you know, other sides of the aisle and there's still, you know, decency and being able to have those discussions, even, even though you don't agree with everything that someone is saying, you can still treat them with respect. And so that was like a symbol of, oh my gosh, do we have that anymore? Do we right. have anyone who can do that? Um, and then, you know, also with, with the way that this Supreme Court nomination is being handled, I just think this would be the time. I mean, she's so well-respected. And I think this would be the time. Here's your chance to show that we can respect this, this wonderful woman's last wishes. I mean, last wishes. And, you know, do it in a way where it's not hypocritical, um, you know, the process isn't hypocritical, um, and, and, pre and preserves the credibility and integrity of the highest court. If right. 70% yeah. of the people are like, not going to be cool with this. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a disgrace. So I think, I think also just a missed opportunity for unity. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Jody, what about you? Um, so it is a devastating loss. Um, this is a human life. Um, it was, a, it's a very important figure in our country. She did so much for women and, um, equality of 
so many people in this country, but I will say that since 2016, since election day when I cried all day, <laughs> I'm not a crier either, but I, I was actually on a flight to Canada. <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> One way. <laughs> yeah, I wish. We were actually, we were going to a wedding and who knew what was going to happen, but um, I cried all day on, on the plane, in the airport, in the car. Um, my husband, boyfriend at the time said, do you want me to just leave you here? And I said, I kind of do. I don't know how that would work, but I would love you to. So, but since that moment, I've been desensitized. Um, I feel like, you know how they always talk about, we've been desensitized with like, you know, war and violence and video games and whatever else you want to throw out there. I feel like I've been desensitized because there's so much anger and pain and evil thrown out all day, every day. So when I heard the news, I, I remember the moment and I'll probably never forget that moment, but I just kind of like stopped, took it in for a little bit. And I just knew I wasn't gonna have another moment to really grieve it because, because of how things did go, which is we're just moving along and we're gonna run bulldoze over this. Um, so I'm de desensitized. I'm, I'm sad. She'll be sorely missed. I'm worried for the direction that we're going in. Um, I knew back, you know, uh, in 2016 when, you know, they weren't um, having a vote on Merrick Garland. I knew we were in a lot of trouble then. Mm -hmm. um, I knew this was all a game. I think going forward, um, you know, things aren't looking good with, um, the confirmation and pushing it through. And I think it's really shitty because of what they did in 2016. And now they're going back on what they said. All of these people are hypocrites. Um, but I think going forward, the only, I try to make things positive now, right? Cause otherwise we'll all live in this constant state of dread and sadness and anger. So I try to spin things no matter how horrible they are. So the spin here is <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there are so many people that again will get involved and try to reimagine how we do these things and how it might be a bad idea to appoint a person to a post for their whole entire lifetime mm -hmm. or hinging one vote on just this small group of people. Um, I think that, and that just goes also to the electoral college, like all votes should matter. <laughs> Every, okay. It should be one vote per person. Um, you know, that goes back to equality and gerrymandering and like rigging the system. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, bless her and may she rest in peace. Um, right, but I'm hoping for our country, it's another one of those things that says, we are broken. This is a wake-up call. Do something about it. Right. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Thank you for sharing. All right, Christina. Yeah, I had this very, like, weird reaction that I don't know that I've ever had before. Um, I'm like, same. I cried. I had to be sent home from work because I was, like, throwing up after the election in 2016. Not my finest moment, but I was like, this is this can't be real life and people were shocked they were like i don't understand why you're having this reaction i'm like how do you not have this reaction <laughs> um for this i just remember i was like 
standing in front of a chair, thankfully, because I just like kind of fell into it without even recognizing that's what was happening and like sort of lost my breath a little bit and had this like multi-step level of anger, fear and, or anger, guilt, and then fear, I would say is the order. And the anger was over this like feeling of like, why didn't she retire when this could have been handled? And then the guilt set in of like, a woman just died, her family's grieving. This woman was incredible for a lot of women and put a lot of things forward to make me be able to have the perspective and points of view that I do have and able to share them with people like you guys. Um, so I had that guilt set in of like, this isn't her fault. This is the system's fault. And then those two emotions kind of were like, swirling around together and the fear set in and it's like what does this really actually mean like they can't totally they can't do this because if they had let Merrick Garland through maybe I wouldn't be this like freaked out about it but I think in the back of my head I knew they weren't going to play by the rules that they themselves created there's no way Mm -hmm. um so it's like I take birth control right now for free and well I shouldn't say for free because I pay way too much money for health insurance but that's another story. Um, but I'm like, okay, so if they actually are able to put a justice through, when do I schedule my appointment to get an IUD? That's where <laughs> I feel like vote like a girl. Like, I don't know what else, like, that's like number one priority. Like, um, yeah, it was like a very multi-leveled reaction. And I, I don't know which one I feel like the anger came first. And then it was like immediately sucker punched by the guilt that I had for feeling like that. Um, so tough night, tough day the next day. And then it's like the conversation starts swirling with your friends and it's, you know, we're all trying to figure it out together. So I appreciate it being therapeutic in that way. But at the same time, like Jody said, it's just impossible to feel so strongly about everything anymore. There's just too many things to be up in arms and upset and emotional over other, like, I don't have any space left for my own feelings because there's just too much about what's going on in the world. So just sheer exhaustion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I hope, I hope Jody is right. And Kylie, I'm with you hundred percent. That is exactly what I felt like. Why did this poor woman have to carry this weight for so long and the answer is, Jody gave it, it's because it's broken. We are broken, they broke it. Um, and I hope, God, I hope that if this is the landslide that I pray every night it will be, that that will be the referendum that, you know, this is about more than Donald Trump at this point. You guys broke this and you need to fix it. And hopefully we can give them the power that they need to do it. And I, I, I do hope that the Republican Party, I, you know, we have two, two people married to Republicans here. They're, they, you know, they brought some interesting things to the table. You know, we need a two-party system to, to force that dialogue and that, that debate and, and find that compromise in the middle. And um, I hope, I hope that they find themselves again and, and come back. We will definitely bug you again because this was amazing. Um, we do have two more of these cluster things scheduled, um, and then hope, but hopefully Kamala and uh, Mike Pence will 
will actually give us some substance to review. Um, so stay tuned, we may reach out to you if you are available, it would be great to talk with you. Um, I just, um, I wanted to say thank you. You're all amazing. You've inspired us, you've given me hope. And I know that, um, that there's lots of other warriors out there just like you. And um, I'm just gonna say it, women are carrying this torch and we will get it over the finish line. We just will. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Girl Talk Live. Please join our email list at ivotelikeagirl.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You don't wanna miss out on our next great conversation.